The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome to the Mindspo podcast. I'm your host, Rochelle Fox, and I am here for your expansion. And today I want to expand your mind and elevate your vibe with a new way at looking at life. In today's podcast, we are going to be exploring the concept of romanticizing your life so that you can be the main character, raise your vibration, and find those magic moments in the mundane. And we're also going to be diving deeper into this concept of romanticizing your life by breaking down the connection between romanticizing your life and the tradition of mindfulness and how you can realistically start romanticizing your life from today to live a more mindful, feel-good existence. So what does it even mean to romanticize your life? Well, to me, romanticizing your life is all about being present, becoming grateful and turning those mundane moments into more magical ones through the power of your mindset. Now, I'm a meditation and a mindfulness teacher and a manifestation teacher, and I actually personally, as a teacher of all those different modalities, I love this concept because in my eyes, romanticizing your life is kind of a rebranded, reimagined Gen Z form of mindfulness. Now, you might not have heard that before, and I really want to break that down for you. Mindfulness to me is all about presence. It is a mental state where you become fully present with your mind and your body and you arrive in the here and now. And you do this by focusing on the moment and seeing things as they are without judgment, just observing things, being present. Now, while the tradition of mindfulness is more about a neutral state of observation, I see romanticizing your life and this whole entire trend as a kind of Gen Z rebranded form of mindfulness, where rather than being neutral in your observation of life, you are instead being optimistic and grateful and romanticized in your view of the world. I personally feel like the world is just going through a constant state of chaos. Look, I think we live in a really beautiful place and there's always great things happening. But, you know, when you go and look at the news or you just tune into mainstream media, it can just kind of feel like there is a lot going on at all times. And I really feel like this trend, when done in a realistic way, can be a great way to just raise your vibration and find gratitude in those little things because those little things in your life are really the big things after all. And sometimes we are so on hyperspeeds doing so many things that we don't give ourselves enough time and energy to focus on those little things. So with all that said, I want to break down some of my realistic tips so you can start romanticizing your life and find the magic in the mundane every single day. Tip number one is to romanticize a time before smartphones, before the internet and before our digital devices. 
Oh, I love this tip. And this is something that I have been doing religiously for the last week. And if you do this, it is going to help you so freaking much. So I want you to ask yourself, have you ever had one of those mornings where you wake up and you have just woken up on the right side of the bed? Everything is feeling amazing. You have had a good night's sleep. You are refreshed and rejuvenated and you are excited for an amazing day. And then you check your phone. And when you check your phone, there is something on there that just really changes your mood. Maybe there is something that has happened in the world that just really makes your heart feel heavy. Or maybe you've gone online and you have checked your Instagram and something has not gone down so well on the online world. And all of a sudden you've got a whole bunch of comments that you need to get back to. Or maybe you check your work emails and your boss has sent you a not so great email overnight and it has just kind of gotten your head caught up in all the things that you're going to need to deal with as soon as you get to the office. This is something that I feel so many of us can relate to, this idea of everything going good and then checking our phone and things not going so good in an instant. I feel we have all been there when it comes to this situation. And I want to say here that humans are not designed to be able to handle the amount of information that we are processing on a daily basis. And the cognitive overload of the worldwide challenges, work, life, social media, AI, all the things that are going on and all the things that we are facing on a day-to-day basis, when I feel helpless and overwhelmed with the world, I like to practice controlling the controllables. And the way that I do this is I go back in time and I romanticize a time before the internet, before phone usage, and before we were so connected the way we are now. And how I personally like to do this is I go back to 1999. So my partner Sol and I had this exercise that we call going back to 1999 that is literally about romanticizing a time before smartphones. And what we do is usually the night before when we are kind of had like a big day and we're feeling a little overwhelmed, we will turn to each other and we will say, hey, tomorrow morning, do you want to wake up in 1999? And for us, that means when we wake up the next morning, we do not check our phones, we do not check our emails, we do not go on TV, we do not go on YouTube, Netflix, any of the things. There is no technology involved when we wake up the next morning. And what we do is we wake up and we go through our whole entire morning routine. So we eat breakfast, we go for a walk, we meditate, we do breath work, we do all the things that we love doing and we do it all without our phone. And then generally we will go to the beach or we'll go out, we'll go to a cafe and we have this like slow romantic morning. Now, look, I understand I work for myself and I have literally put in hours and time and effort to create a lifestyle where I'm able to do this. And I know not everyone is able to do this on a weekly basis, but even if you can do this once a month or on the weekends or find a time where you can schedule this, going back to 1999, if it's by yourself or with a partner or with a friend is so amazing because this is where you slow yourself down. And I have found when I do this, I have so much more joy in those days than any other time. And my kind of hypothesis on this is when I wake up first thing in the morning and I go do my morning routine, maybe for half an hour, and then I go check my phone. Immediately when I check my phone, it's like my brain gets assigned to all of these other things that are going on. Because there is the world in front of me. There is the here and now, this moment right here, the things that I can see, this time-space reality in front of me. And then when I go on my phone, there is like a whole nother ecosystem happening, especially for me. Like I have an online business and all of my work is connected online. So the minute I go online, it is like I am opening up this brand new world. And when I do this, I find that my brain starts to operate at a much 
faster pace. And for me personally, romanticizing my life is all about slowing down. And the easiest way I know to slow down and really just kind of feel that romantic pace, I'm going to call it like the romantic pace that comes from not being connected to my devices. I don't really feel like there is anything romanticized about my digital devices or what I do online. It all feels very fast and very quick and it it doesn't really feel romantic at all. And I think what's really interesting about the idea of romanticizing your life, like so many people connect this with like movies and like being the main character and being like that actor and like having that like main character life. And when you really think about about the best main characters in popular culture. And when you think about this movie culture, none of these movies have social media as a main focus. Like main characters are so present in their day-to-day life. They're so in the real world that they are not caught up online. So it really makes sense that having a more romanticized life, feeling like our life is more romantic is really when we do step away from our digital devices, when we do slow things down, when we do go back in time to 1999. So that's that is my first tip. And I know that this one can be challenging for some people because they're like, you know what? I just, I have to be online. My job demands this of me. This is just my reality. And the thing I would ask you if you can't step away from your digital devices is to really just take responsibility for that. Like we are all creating our own life and our own lifestyle. And if you feel like drowned by your social media, if you feel drowned by the online world, if you feel drowned by the amount of time that you have to spend online, ask yourself, like, is this sustainable? Because if you are craving a slower, more romanticized life, but you feel like you're not able to do that because you have created a reality for yourself where you have to be online 24-7, then maybe your challenge with this is to take responsibility for that and ask yourself, how can I set myself up or make changes or set boundaries or reorganize things so I can create more space to be offline more? Because for me, this is something that I've had to be very intentional about. I do not feel like the world is kind of set up right now where it creates space for us to be offline. I feel like us as individuals have to take responsibility for our own phone usage, for our own digital wellness. And I feel like we have to intentionally create space within our life and take responsibility and set up boundaries so we can have a healthier relationship with the digital world. I really personally feel like there is so much connection to be found in disconnecting from the digital world. And there is so much magic in every single day that we can romanticize and feel great about that is often just drowned out by the doom and gloom of social media and worldwide events and our lack of boundaries around our devices. Tip number two is to romanticize your life with manifestation. Now, I'm sure you're probably a fan of manifestation and all things creating your reality and living your best life because that is something we talk about a lot on this podcast. And while this is not a specifically manifestation episode that we usually do once a week, there is a connection between romanticizing your life and manifestation. And when I really think about my own manifestation process and how I have created my own reality, there is a lot of romanticizing involved, but it's romanticizing within my mind. Now, I spend so much of my time thinking and dreaming and constructing and visualizing the reality that I want to live in Inside my mind before it happens in the real world. I am an avid visualizer. And one of the massive ways that I have done this over the years is to romanticize.
romanticize my life and really see myself as the main character, as the creator of my own reality, and to really take this idea to heart. Now, this doesn't mean that it turns into like main character syndrome where you believe everyone else is not as important as you and you kind of put yourself on a pedestal. That is not what we're about. That's not the vibe. But It is really about realizing that this is your life and you only get one shot at you. So you have to take responsibility for your existence and you get to choose how you want to live your life. And I don't think there is anything wrong with romanticizing your life and sometimes being a little bit unrealistic. Like I am very unrealistic in my mind on a regular basis because what's the point of being realistic? I don't want to be realistic about my dreams. I want to be completely unrealistic. If I was realistic about what was possible, for me, half the things that I've done in my life wouldn't be possible or wouldn't have happened because I would never have allowed myself to think a bigger thought, right? So if you are someone that really wants to go out there and create your reality and step it up and elevate yourself into that next version of you, then I really want to invite you to go and check out Manifesty. That's my manifestation app. And in Manifesty app, you're actually going to find a whole bunch of meditations that will help you with this romanticizing your life concept when it comes to manifesting. One of my favorite manifestations in Manifesty app to romanticize my life is the artist of life meditation. And this is really about seeing yourself as the artist of your existence, seeing yourself as the artist of your own masterpiece and seeing life as your own masterpiece and creating it in your head and really just allowing yourself to have that romanticized view within your mind's eye. So if you feel like, you know, your day-to-day life isn't something that you even want to romanticize, if you're like, you know what, life really sucks right now, Rochelle, I'm in a really bad place. Like I don't even want to try and romanticize my life right now because there is nothing romantic about that that's fine. Literally romanticize your future through manifestation. There have been so many times in my life where things have just been literally going to shit and really, really hard and really, really challenging. And I've found it so hard to feel grateful and to feel good about like my current existence. And instead I've just gone inside my mind and I have thought a greater thought. I have just allowed myself to completely be unrealistic and see a completely different reality. And I visualize it in my head and I've lived in, in that reality in my mind. And lo and behold, in time has actually become my reality. So I think romanticizing your life through manifestation is such a beautiful, fun way to do. And it is such a great way to turn what can be on Monday chapter in your life or a challenging chapter in your life into one that feels more romantic and exciting. And it's actually a way that you can step into that next chapter of your life by utilizing the power of manifestation. Tip number three is romanticizing your routines. Now, routines by nature are generally a series of habits, a series of steps that we have kind of put together and put in a routine. And we've done them so many times that they have become habitual. They have become something that we just do unconsciously. And that's like the beauty of a routine. A routine really is meant to be something that you don't think about too much and that you are able to just sort of do in a process. However, that idea of doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again every single day and every single, you know, this time that you do whatever it is that you have the routine for, it can become a little bit mundane. I really do feel like bringing in this energy of romanticizing your life into your routines can be very beneficial. However, I do want to say that I don't think that every single routine needs to be romanticized. 
when we're romanticizing something, we're bringing like an extra energy to something. And I also actually think the beauty of a routine sometime is that it is a section of our life that we are able to go on autopilot for. That is the beautiful thing about a habit. It is done so many times that the brain just knows what to do and you don't have to think about it and put energy into it. Whereas when you're romanticizing something, you're really kind of bringing an energy and an essence to that thing. Personally, when it comes to my own relationship with routines, I really want to give you a little bit of perspective here because I feel like there is kind of two camps in the world. There are the people that like absolutely love their routines and then there are people that just do not have a routine. Now, I have been on both camps. For most of my life, I have been on the camp of I don't have a routine. I'm not a routine person. I just kind of go with the flow, do my thing. I'm not regimented like that. That has changed in the last few years. I have become someone that really does enjoy my routines. I am someone that has built a lot of routines and systems for myself. And I've really kind of had a a bit of a change in my personality and how I do things. So I feel like I'm someone that can speak about routines from both sides of the routine camp. Now, when I was someone that wasn't really into routines, if I heard this idea of romanticizing my routines, I'd be like, oh, this sounds interesting because back then I used to think, routines were boring as heck and I didn't want anything to do with them. And the idea of like bringing some kind of romance to them made them sound sexy. And then now these days as someone that does have a routine, I'm like, you know what? Sometimes this can be a little bit repetitive. So I feel like I could bring some spice to some of my routines. However, I have always been someone that finds my morning routine to be something that is not always the easiest thing. I generally used to be someone that had a lot of trouble waking up in the morning and I've come so far in my relationship with waking up in the morning and my morning routine. But I do feel like for most people on a day-to-day basis, morning routines are things that are need to be optimized. They're short, they're quick, they're kind of to the point because there's a bunch of things that we need to get done in order to get out the door and do whatever it is that we need to do that day. So when I talk about romanticizing your routine, I want to bring it into your nighttime routine because I feel like nighttime routines are this kind of forgotten area in the self-development space. We have so many people talking about morning routines, but I really feel like nighttime routines, like there is so much magic and optimization that can happen with our nighttime routine that just isn't even being thought about. So generally everyone has time during the evening. When you have a nighttime routine, it's not like you're going anywhere. Whereas with a morning routine, it's like you have a set of things that you need to do for your routine and then you need to like get out of the house and go somewhere. You have an appointment. Whereas with nighttime, like you don't really have an appointment with anything other than sleep. And that kind of happens like when you decide to go to sleep. So I really do feel like a lot of the time our nighttime kind of schedule is just kind of cluttered with things that we've just fallen into, like watching Netflix or scrolling Instagram or TikTok to kind of like fall out fall asleep in bed or watching YouTube videos. Like there are so many things that we could be doing in the evening that could be part of a routine that could really make us feel more calm, bring joy to our life and bring in this mindful romanticized energy. So think about the things that you don't have time for during the day or in your morning routine and ask yourself like, can you swap that for the evening? So maybe you're not doing like a power yoga flow before bed, but maybe you're doing yin yoga with a candle. Maybe you're swapping your shower for a bath. Maybe you take that Netflix show and you swap it for an audiobook and you allow yourself just to listen while you do some slow stretches on the ground. Think about the things that are going to bring an energy of mindfulness into your evening routine and try and incorporate those in that space where you 
already are spending time, potentially wasting your time that you could be fulfilling with more things that are going to really recharge you and make you feel more in flow and just add that little bit more magic to your life every single day. My next tip is to romanticize reading. So books are such powerful tools for transformation. And in my darkest times when I felt the most lonely, I actually did this thing where I romanticized the authors of books to be like my imaginary wise friends that were there to guide me, chill with me, and just like honestly make me feel less alone. Now, I personally read a lot of self-help books, and something that I often do when I read a new book is I actually try to imagine that the author is with me, observing me, and just seeing how I do things. Romanticizing the authors of books as some kind of like spirit guide is actually something that I've done to help me implement the lessons that they're teaching me in the book, and it just makes me feel accountable. And it also has just helped me become a better person. Now, this tip I know might be a little bit weird to some if you don't have like such a vivid imagination like I do, but it's actually something that I've done since I was a kid. I literally used to hang out with all the Disney characters in my room and play with them for hours. Our imaginations are such amazing things. And at the end of the day, the only limit is your mind. So have some fun with your imagination. My fifth tip is to romanticize your life through writing and starting a daily diary. Now, this is something that has really helped my own mental health and my mindset, and it's also made me feel more like the main character and helped me romanticize my life on a day-to-day basis. Like to practice this, all you literally need to do is write a minimum one-page diary entry every single day, documenting and romanticizing what happened and expressing how you really feel, all while feeling and seeing yourself as the hero of your own story. Your journal, your diary is a way for you to just have a personal outlet where you can be creative. And it's just an amazing way to get to know who you really are through self-awareness. I feel like so many people are really, really scared of writing a diary. And if this is a fear that you can get over, it is going to benefit your mental health so much. I see so many people and throughout my journey with teaching and coaching people, there are so many individuals that have this block of writing a journal because maybe someone's read it in the past or they feel like they're writing isn't good enough or whatever it is. And my tip for you is if you literally are so petrified of someone reading your work, I want you to write this one page every single day where you write yourself as the hero of the journey, where you allow yourself to fully express yourself on paper and feel what you want to feel and write what you want to write. And then at the end of the day, literally rip it up, throw it out, burn it, bury it, do whatever you need to do to destroy it. But don't stop writing. If you are so petrified of someone seeing it, all you need to do is just write it and then destroy it after. You don't need to keep it. It's just the act of writing and that personal reflection of you processing your day that is going to have such a big benefit. On this podcast, we actually have a main character walking meditation. I think it is our third ever podcast episode. And if you ever feel like you don't know how to step into being the hero of your own story, if you feel like the victim, if you feel small, I really encourage you to go and listen to that episode. I will put it down in the show notes because this is a walking meditation that's going to help you get into that main character energy, start to take responsibility for your life and really allow yourself to be the hero of your own story. And after you do that walking meditation, literally just try journaling one page, one piece of paper, allow yourself to be in that hero energy and just see what happens. My next tip is to romanticize your walks through sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. These are your five senses, and this is how you can bring mindfulness and romanticize your walks every single day. 
a lot of the time when we're walking, we are just getting stuck in our head. We are off with the fairies. We are just going through the motions and we're not fully there in the here and now. Every single day when I go for a walk, I go for a walk and I walk with my five senses. I allow myself to ground myself in the present moment and I really experience the walk because a lot of the time I am behind my desk. I am busy. I'm writing. I'm doing things. I'm indoors. And really at the end of the day, you, I, me, everyone in this planet, we are all nature. We are one with nature and we feel our best and we feel most alive when we are in nature. So when you are in nature, when you are outside, allow yourself to ground into that experience through your senses and allow yourself to really ground in the moment. One of the most beautiful things about mindfulness is that you can literally use your five senses at any point at any time to ground into the present moment because your five senses are always happening in the here and now. And they are so romantic. Our five senses are so romantic. Taste, touch, sight, smell, sound. Like these are all things that are emotive. They they make us feel something, right? And that romantic energy is all about feeling something. That's why we want to romanticize our lives. Life because we want to feel something. We want to feel that romantic energy. So really bring that romance into your walks by practicing mindfulness. If you want to try this and really like ground into your five senses, I have a walking meditation on Manifesty called the five senses walking meditation. I literally do this in every single one of my Mindspare retreats. It's how we start all of our retreats. We do a five senses Manifesty walking meditation where we get everyone to ground into their five senses, become fully present in the here here and now, and just arrive in this moment. So many people are off in their heads every single day. They are so caught up in just like mental chatter in the world that they don't actually ground into their bodies. They don't actually arrive. Have you ever had one of those days where you just feel like you're going at a million miles an hour and you never fully arrived in the moment? You never fully just like were there in that day because you were so preoccupied with everything else? I'm sure you have. I've had lots of those days. So Walking for me is how I ground. It is how I allow myself to awaken to the day, come into my body and really romanticize the fact that I'm alive. I'm here. I'm breathing. So practice every single day when you walk, getting in touch with those five senses and allowing yourself just to observe life and be here in the present moment through accessing those five senses because your five senses are always happening in the here and now. And it's how you can ground into the moment at any point in time. My last tip in realistically romanticizing your life is to choose one thing every single day that is a mundane task that you can romanticize. Now, I'm going to give you a suggestion here. For me, this is my morning beverage. So maybe it's a morning smoothie for you or a morning coffee or a morning tea or a morning matcha. Whatever it is, if you don't have a morning beverage, get yourself a morning beverage and allow yourself to be fully present for that morning beverage. Use your five senses to ground into that morning beverage. Allow yourself to smell, taste, touch, experience, like be there with that beverage. And I know this is like, okay, like really feel into the beverage. Like this might sound a little bit strange, but but a lot of the time in the morning, we are just so on autopilot, right? Our morning routines are fast, they're efficient, they're effective. And having a romanticized practice within that routine, just one practice, one thing that you do that you romanticize, can really get you to 
come into the moment, be there and really just bring that little bit of magic into your morning that you might not be able to access for every single activity. I definitely could not romanticize my whole entire morning routine. Like my morning routine has like a lot of things that don't really feel like I could bring a romantic energy to them. But my morning coffee or my morning matcha or my morning smoothie or my morning tea, like that is something that I can really romanticize. That is something where I can really ground into and feel like the main character. So those are some of my tips to realistically romanticize your life. Like I said, for me, this really comes back to mindfulness, using your five senses, allowing yourself to be fully present in the here and now and getting into that main character energy. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you actually apply some of these tips. Like I always say, it's one thing to listen to these episodes and get all this knowledge. It is another thing to embody what you are hearing. So try them out, see what works for you and bring a little bit more magic to the mundane. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations, and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.